The KMT National Congress was held Sunday, where new Taipei Mayor Hoyo Yi was officially endorsed by the party as its presidential candidate for 2024. Party heavyweights all showed up, including former Kaohsiung Mayor Han Guoyu, who lost out to Tsai Ing-wen in his presidential bid four years ago. Ho didn't hold back his affection for Han when he arrived. He even apologized for his absence during Han's presidential campaign. Party chair Eric Chu used the occasion to call out to everyone who are outside of the Green Camp to join the KMT in a ruling coalition. Just before the opening of the KMT National Congress, the party's presidential candidate Ho Yoi came out to personally welcome the party's leaders. Former President Ma Yingjiao and former chairperson Hong Xiu-ju arrived one after the other. And then, the man everyone had been waiting for arrived. Upon seeing former Kaohsiung Mayor Han Guoyu, Ho greeted him with a warm embrace. Ho then apologized for his absence four years ago when Han was running for president. I am very touched. I didn't do enough during his campaign four years ago. I am very sorry for that. I am now very grateful that I can work together again with Guoyu, who is like a brother. My first wish is for the prosperity of the Republic of China. My second wish is to have peaceful exchanges between the two sides of the Taiwan Strait. And under the leadership of presidential candidate Ho Yi, the DPP can be removed from power. All the attendees stood up as they passed the formal nomination of Ho Yi to be their man to run for president in 2024. On stage, Ho once again thanked Han Guoyu. He has dedicated himself over the years to the KMT and to the Republic of China. I am deeply touched. I hereby proclaim to the entire citizenry of the nation, I will do my utmost to defend the democratic freedom of Taiwan. Amen. We nominated Ho Yi as a result of the most impartial surveys. Not only does the KMT need to be united, but we also need our friends who are outside of the green camp. We need to unite together. After we take power, we will build a fair and just coalition of governance together. Chu emphasized that the KMT's recruitment of Ho to be its presidential candidate has been a fair process, and even called out to the non-Greens that they should join the KMT in a ruling coalition. Now that the National Congress has officially placed Ho in the seat of authority, all he can hope now is that the party could remain united, just as it seemed to be today. No sooner had the KMT wrapped up its National Congress than Honghai founder Terry Goh posted about the election on Facebook. In the post, the tycoon stated that public opinion is more important than that of any party and that he would play a role that brings hope and change. Goh added that millions of people agree with him so he would not let them down and that he would bring something new to next year's election. The nebulous post seems to indicate that Go is planning to throw his hat into the ring, as has been speculated. Go turned up at Taipei Main Station in the afternoon, where he took a train to Hualien to join an event. Asked by a reporter to comment on the election, Go did not give a direct response. One thing of note, KMT Central Standing Committee member Zhou Mengrong, who missed the KMT National Congress in the morning, was seen alongside Go. Other KMT politicians who have expressed support for Go were also absent from the National Congress, 
including local council speakers Zhou Dianlun, Xie Dianling, and Xu Xiu-rei. As severe tropical storm Doksuri approaches Taiwan from the southeast, the Central Weather Bureau says the storm could pick up speed and intensify in the coming days. Land warning could be issued as early as Tuesday, and the storm could make landfall the following day, affecting local weather until Friday. Forecasters are reminding the public to remain vigilant and watch the storm's development to avoid impact from a potential typhoon. It's been a weekend of great weather, calling for hats and parasols. However, weather conditions are forecast to change in the coming week as Tropical Storm Doksuri approaches Taiwan. Currently southeast of Taiwan and moving in a northwesterly direction, Doksuri is forecast to make landfall in Taidong County in the coming days. Looking at the forecast, there's a good chance it will make landfall in the southeastern region. You can see from the potential track area that there is a 70% chance it will land in this area. Of course, there's also a possibility that it will go a bit north or south of that. After Monday, the northwesterly path will clearly turn in a northward direction, and the angle of that turn will determine its impact on Taiwan's weather. Based on the current path of the storm, Forecasters say that a sea warning could be issued any time from Monday evening till Tuesday morning. A land warning could be issued Tuesday during the day, with the storm affecting local weather in eastern and northern Taiwan. On Wednesday and Thursday, the effects of the storm are likely to be felt throughout Taiwan proper, with the eastern and south-central parts of the island being most affected, before the storm moves away from the island on Friday. As the storm approaches Taiwan, the environment will affect its development, and it will pick up speed very quickly. It's possible that before it makes landfall, it will develop into a typhoon and it could become much stronger, so everyone should remain vigilant. It's already been three years since the last typhoon made landfall on Taiwan. And while Doksuri is still categorized as a tropical storm, forecasters urge the public to remain alert to the storm's development. Residents of Qishan District in Kaohsiung are losing hope that a huge toxic waste dump beside their farms will ever get cleaned up. The waste was dumped in a giant pit in the middle of farmland in 2013 and 2014. Before long, residents realized that it was poisoning their farmland and killing their crops. The majority of the waste is BOF slag, a byproduct of the steelmaking process. The company responsible for dumping the slag is China Steel, a state-run enterprise. But while the Environmental Protection Agency has ordered them to clear the waste, they won't do it. They say they simply cannot work out what to do with all the slag. That has led scholars and politicians to say enough is enough. The production of toxic industrial waste should be controlled at the source, they say. But with similar stories playing out all across Taiwan, what will it take to come to grips with toxic waste? Our Sunday special report. A dazzling turquoise lake stretches across the land. Is it just reflecting the bright blue sky? You might wonder which tropical tourist destination this is, but in fact, it's a huge dumping ground for industrial slag in Kaohsiung's Qishan district. The dumping ground is in such an off-the-beaten track location. Our film crew was taken there by a local on a scooter. 
我我面试的，啊来翕一下外观尔，啊今日刚好下来。As we expected, a security guard stopped us at the gate. This engineering work sign, put up by the landlord, explains the situation. The dumping ground covers 5.8 hectares, and BOF slag is buried 25 meters deep. It's classified as a waste dumping ground by Kaohsiung Environmental Protection Bureau, says the sign, and the slag is being cleared away in accordance with the law. Rainwater seeps down into holes in the ground and deposits those turquoise blue substances. All the water turns turquoise, and it looks beautiful. Every year since the pit was dug, this milky white toxic substance leaks from it. It's a strong alkali. When you mix it into water and put a fish in there, the fish dies. Here in the home of a local farmer, we turn on the faucet to test the water. Our pH strip changes color instantly. That's alkali, all right. Locals don't drink the tap water here or use it for anything. And local people are concerned about the slag lying around on the ground here in the banana farms of Qishan's Daling village. Let's rewind to 2013. This huge pit was in a farming area surrounded by banana trees, coconuts, and lychee orchids. It was 5.8 hectares in area and as deep as a six-story building. Then it was filled in by unspecified waste materials brought in from an external company. When it was full, it was covered by a layer of desulfurization slag, then a layer of earth. Dump trucks were always at work here in those days. 2013年开始，然后在地的居民就发现有一些卡车进到农地里面，然后不知道在倒什么东西。Starting in 2013, residents noticed there were trucks coming through their farms. They didn't know what they were dumping. By the rainy season of 2014, they realized that water in nearby lakes had turned Tiffany blue. They got the water tested first simply to test its pH level and found it had a pH of more than 12. Why is it such a strong alkali? It's connected to the waste filling the pit, which comes from China Steel Corporation. It's slag, BOF slag. BOF slag is a byproduct created in the steel making process. A type of slag, if treated and processed appropriately, it can be reused as landfill or non-structural aggregate. But it cannot be used to backfill land in agricultural areas. 这个就是炉厂，经过 TCLP 就是有害事业废弃物的认定，不是有害了。It's gone through the hazardous industrial waste test and been defined as non-hazardous, but it's still industrial waste, so it can't be put on farmland. You can no longer grow crops on that good land. It's even polluted the groundwater. In 2013, China Steel hired one da technical consultants to deal with the waste. Wan Da was paid 210 NT per ton of BOF slag dumped. With almost a million tons of slag to handle, it made more than 200 million NT from this illegal dumping project. To ward off the suspicion of local residents, the company claimed that BOF slag was an industrial product, not a waste product. But before long, locals noticed that the water in their fields' irrigation ditches was turning yellow. When the water started smelling of rust, they realized it was polluted. This area is part of a water quality protection zone. 
So more than 60 households from two villages in Daoling decided to stand up for their rights. They formed a campaign organization and submitted a petition to the government. The local residents could find no way to manage the situation from 2013 to 2016 because China Steel claimed that it was an industrial product, a byproduct of the steelmaking process. A byproduct is not a waste product, so the Waste Disposal Act didn't apply. Kaohsiung city government just did one thing at that time. They fined the company 60,000 NT for violating the Regional Plan Act, and they were prepared to close the case there. Four years later, the High Administrative Court ruled that slag was in fact a waste product. So Kaohsiung ordered Wan Da to publish a removal plan in accordance with the Waste Disposal Act and to remove the slag from Daling within three years. But local people had little time to celebrate this belated justice before things got even worse. The removal project only began in April 2020. The original plan was to remove 100,000 tons in the first year, 200,000 tons in the second year, and all the remaining 70,000 tons in the third year. But after work began, they were shocked to realize there was much, much more waste in the pit than they expected, possibly more than a million tons. At that, Wan Da threw in the towel, saying, "We can't manage it." The company at the bottom of the chain is called a construction contractor. They started to carry out the removal project, but before long, they realized it was impossible. Because it's a contractor hired by a contractor of somebody else, they've just taken someone's money in return for dumping this stuff in some undefined location. They were supposed to clear 10% of the waste in the first year, but in reality, after six months, they'd cleared just 3% of it. Faced with that mismanagement, Kaohsiung's EPA issued an ultimatum: the China Steel subsidiary CHC Resources Corporation would have to take responsibility for the BOF slag it had produced. By October 2022, 370,000 tons of slag had been removed. More than a million tons of unidentified waste was still at the site. Locals feared the project could hit a dead end. When will the damage be undone? We're concerned that they won't ever clear it. They'll say we've removed a million tons and then just walk away. We're very concerned about that. This hole in the ground is just left hanging there, and the turquoise water never goes away. The head of the local campaign association took us to the banana farm that neighbors dumping ground to see how it's changed the ecology here. Between the large banana leaves overhead, you can see how shriveled and malnourished the trees are. These bananas have gone black. Experts say that most plants will be killed by a soil pH over 8.5. Ever since the slag was dumped from 2013 and 2014 to this day, this area has barely produced any harvest. The land is unworkable, and farmers are even more worried about the erosion that appears on these cement ditch walls after every heavy rain. This erosion is from 2018. It's calcium deposits from after the polluted water comes out. They've tried to reinforce the concrete, but the water is alive. And when you reinforce it here, the water goes there around another side. But isn't there any good place for BOF slag to go? Actually, yes. It can be used in construction if it's treated properly.
These 12 bronze dolphins stand beside the Taizong Harbor Visitors Information Center. They welcome tourists to the city, and they're mainly of slag from CHC Resources Corporation. After slag is put through a screening treatment, it can be put to various uses. For example, it can replace materials for standard township roads. It can serve as the bottom layer of the road surface. People also use it to replace gravel and mix it with concrete. In the past, when BOF slag was classified as waste, it was usually dealt with by dumping it in the sea. After the United Nations banned that, in 1999, China Steel lobbied the Ministry of Economic Affairs to have it reclassified as an industrial product. It is set up by the subsidiary, CHC Resources, specifically to handle the reuse of slag as a construction material. CHC's website lists many successful reuse projects, but in reality, BLVF slag is difficult to market. Controversies abound around its usage and management. There's relatively little controversy around the use of slag for a roadbed material, but there's always been a lot of controversy about adding it to concrete. Concrete is made of fluid cement plus rock. If you partially replace the sand or rock with slag, then it weakens the concrete if you don't control the quality of the slag properly. So there's generally more controversy about using slag for concrete. There are many cases where eventually someone took it to court or to arbitration. And BOF slag is not the only troublesome industrial byproduct. Government agencies struggle to define exactly when byproducts such as hydrochloric acid and calcium oxide are useful products and when they are waste. For example, a piece of slag can't be more than 50 centimeters or it's unsuitable for reuse. We've said to the construction and planning agency, you must set this out clearly in writing. For example, when they say tiles and bricks that are suitable for reuse, what exactly does that mean? Let's say a piece of slag is produced and treated. Sometimes it might go straight in a landfill, which needs a permit. But sometimes it might be used for road construction, in which case it must go to a ready-mixed concrete factory to be mixed with other materials before it can be used in a road. You can't just take it from a recycling agency straight to a normal place. Then you've lost track of it. In fact, this waste material has only really been reused fully when it is used in a construction project. So what we need to keep track of is that it goes to the ready-mixed concrete factory and in the end to the place where it is going to fill in the earth. The EPA is in the middle of a major overhaul of the Waste Disposal Act after a review of its 77 articles. Since its inception in 1974, the act has gone through many iterations, and in practice, there are lots of diverging opinions on how to interpret the law and its wording. Meanwhile, progress on cleaning up the waste in Kaohsiung's Qishan district has been disappointing. I think that really nobody wants to take charge of this issue. And the reason for that is that the average citizen doesn't care, but the real impact of it will come in the future. Why is it that often people eat something and then feel a bit funny? It's because we treated our waste like this in the past, and we let it get into the groundwater. These things will really impact people's lives, but maybe in 10 or 20 years. Tracking the whereabouts of waste to its final destination is important. 
but even more vital is reducing its production at the source. Experts say the government must get to grips with the large-scale treatment of industrial waste by requiring industrial zones and science parks to produce serious plans for how they're going to manage the waste they produce, and then drawing up a policy for long-term waste management. When companies don't have the capacity to manage that much waste, then shouldn't you limit their production? If right now they're producing 1.2 million tons of waste a year, but they can only manage 300 tons of it, then they need to make sure they've got the capacity to manage the other 900,000 tons properly. If not, then you have to limit it at the production end. Taiwan is a beautiful island, densely populated. The dumping ground at Chisan is just the tip of the iceberg. To protect the land and future generations from industrial pollution, it will take commitment to change from businesses and officials, and also from ordinary people.